Well, as we come to uh, the message this evening, um, it's going to be a little different than your typical Christmas Eve message. Uh, Just bear with me. Before we get into that, though, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day that you have made. Lord, we thank you for this evening, for the the clear weather that allows us to be out here. Now, the ways that we can gather together in person, the ways that we can gather together um, even online. God, we thank you for the reason that we have to gather together this evening, wherever we are, or to celebrate the greatest gift that has ever been given, or to consider again what it means for you to have given this gift, what it means for us to receive this gift. Lord, we pray that tonight you would help each of us to consider this again or to receive uh, again Jesus into our world, into our lives, into our hearts. Now that we would truly be those who receive this gift of grace and who freely give to all those we meet. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I mentioned that this evening's message is going to be a little bit different, and you will see that quickly. Uh, The sermon passage this evening is actually from uh, Titus chapter 3, starting in verse 1. And the very first line reads like this. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient. We're just going to pause right there. That is not what you expected for tonight, is it? Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities and to be obedient. Good grief. What is going on here? Well, uh, before we get into this, and again, be patient. This is getting to a Christmas Eve message. Uh, Before we get into that, though, the context is what's going to help us with this. And the context of this particular passage is actually uh, the whole letter of Titus. And if you've been with us on Sunday mornings, you know we've been going through the book of Titus, and this is a letter from Paul to a guy named Titus. And uh, if you have been with us, it'll be good to have a little review. If you have not, this will be a good kind of catch-up for tonight. Here's the situation. Paul and Titus have been traveling around planting churches, starting new churches wherever they go, all throughout the Mediterranean world. And at this point, uh, Paul has actually left Titus on the island of Crete uh, specifically for the task of finding people who are farther along, uh, who've been following Jesus uh, longer, who have had their lives changed and been transformed by Jesus. And he says, find those people in each church and appoint them as those elders, as those leaders uh, within the church for the specific purpose of helping everybody as part of that church to follow Jesus better. That's the whole idea. That's the goal. And that makes sense. So Paul then writes this letter back to Titus, reminding him this is what he is to do. And so uh, we've looked at that part of the letter. We looked at the part of the letter where uh, Paul reminds Titus that no matter how you break people down into whatever category you break down, older, younger, men, women, doesn't matter. The gospel, which means good news, the gospel, the good news of Jesus is good news 
for everyone. However you break it down, wherever you draw the lines, it's good news for everyone. And not only is it good news for everyone, but it actually will produce a change of life in everyone. And it's actually the change of life that is such a good thing. Um, so that's what he's been reminding him of. And now we get to this part, and it it almost seems like maybe he's taking a turn. He's not. He's giving the reason why people are to be living this different way. And one of the things, he says, is remind people to be subject to rulers and authorities and to be obedient. But listen to the rest of this. To be ready to do whatever is good. To slander no one. To be peaceable and considerate. And always to be gentle toward everyone. Okay. That may sound like we just made it worse. It's like, that's exactly the opposite of what I would like to do. When I, Because here's the thing. When we look out at uh, the world, <laughs> the people who specifically aren't us, but especially when we look at the people who are maybe those that we most strongly disagree with, choose your topic. I bet there's somebody you disagree with these days. You think? Tell you what, raise your hand if you agree with everybody about everything. I see no hands. <laughs> we do. We have disagreements. There are things, there are people that we disagree with about particular things. And so I want us to think about specifically those people that we disagree with, especially about those things that we disagree about. And then we hear these things saying you're not supposed to slander them. You're not supposed to, uh, you're supposed to be peaceable and you're supposed to be considerate towards them and always to be gentle towards them. And we go, nah, I don't know about this. But this is part of the message. And it will make sense uh, when, when we read the rest of this, but I'm going to make us hold on just a second. Because ordinarily what happens is what we do is we like to l take, you know, whatever group that is that we disagree with, whoever these people are, and we kind of put them over aside and we say, look at how wrong they are. Look at how wrong they are. It's ridiculous just how wrong and wicked and evil and twisted everything about them is. And what we do is we sit at a distance and we comfortably condemn. I'm glad I don't have that problem. I'm glad I'm not like them in that way. And we comfortably condemn. This is a, this is a night when we especially remember the darkness of the world. And that there is evil. And there is wickedness. And there are people who are deceived, who are self-deceived, <laughs> even. People who are enslaved by their own passions and pleasures. People who live in malice and envy. Who are being hated and who hate one another. And we look at all of that. And we say, that's real, though. That's true. That's what they are. Why can't we sit over here and comfortably condemn? Why do we have to be gentle toward everyone? And tonight is the night that we remember not only the darkness, but the light that shines in the darkness. Paul tells us, well, hang on, before we get there. There is a passage in Luke chapter 9 where 
Jesus takes uh, Peter, James, and John, and he goes up onto a mountain. And Jesus is transfigured before them, and he shines really brightly. And they get to see kind of who he is in all his glory. And it seems like, wow, if anybody gets who Jesus is now, it's these three guys. They're going to get it. And as you read on, you see that they all three still miss it. And one of the areas in which they miss it is later in that same chapter, you see two of them, uh, James and John, as they're going to Jerusalem. Jesus is going to Jerusalem to be killed. And as they're on their way to Jerusalem, they stop by uh, a place in Samaria. And Jewish people and Samaritans didn't really get along. We'll save that for another time. (laughs) But as they're going through, the Samaritans did not welcome them. And so as they're kind of moving on past there, James and John, who just saw Jesus transfigured on the mountain, say, hey, what do you think? Should we call down fire from heaven to destroy them since they're not going to welcome you? Obviously, these people don't get who you are, and so we should just, you know, annihilate them. (laughs) And Jesus' response is not to rebuke the Samaritans. His response is to rebuke James and John. They're the ones who still don't get it. That the reason that Jesus came in uh, the way that he did was not to condemn, but to save. And if James and John had remembered who they were when Jesus came to them, maybe things would have been different in their attitudes toward the Samaritans. This is where Paul takes us in uh, Titus 3. He says the reason that we're to do this Uh, to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. Because, he says, at one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But... When the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Did you hear it? The reason that we don't sit at a distance and comfortably condemn those who are clearly wrong (laughs) is because we don't see an us and them. We recognize when we look at them, we recognize ourselves in the mirror. And we say, I know what it's like to be there. I have been there before. And if we're honest with ourselves, we're probably still there more than we'd like. But it's while we are there, while we are in the midst of the darkness, that Jesus, the light of the world, comes into our lives and says, but when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. We say, well, yeah, but that's because we were getting everything right. And he says, no, clearly not. It's not because of righteous things we had done. Just because of his mercy. That's it. And so as he comes into our lives, not only does he save us from our own enslavement to wickedness, 
but he also pours out on us his Holy Spirit in order that we would extend that same grace to others. This is why we are to be always be gentle toward everyone. Because that's what he did for us. The kindness and love of God, our Savior, appearing in the person of Jesus Christ for us because we needed saving. And that when we look out at those who clearly have everything wrong, instead of sitting back and comfortably condemning, if we are those who have actually received the gift of Jesus into our lives, then our role and our responsibility is to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. In order that even through us, the kindness and love of God may appear to them. That even through us, they might hear the good news as good news. That even through us, people might be saved from their own deceitfulness, from their own enslavement to their passions and pleasures, that through us they might hear the word of Jesus Christ and receive him personally as their Savior, as their Lord. We can't forget who we are in Christ and who we were before Christ in order that we would reach out into uh, the world the same way that Jesus has reached out to us. The message of Christmas is about the darkness of this world and its need for the light of Christ. And the message of Christmas is that the light of Christ has appeared. But it didn't appear as lightning bolts striking people down. It appeared gentle, kindness, and love. As a baby born to an unknown woman in a small town. And this light is the true light that is the light of all mankind. The light that gives life. And the very one who said, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This Christmas, as we reflect on the gift of Jesus and what it means to receive him for ourselves, It does mean freedom. It means freedom from all of our own uh, enslavements and self-deceit. But it's not a freedom to anarchy. It's not a freedom to go off and do whatever we want. It's a freedom from that which is evil. And it is a freedom to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. It is a freedom to be formed and to be shaped more and more into the image of Jesus Christ, the one who came for us and who calls us to follow him 
in spreading this light into a very dark world that needs this light. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for this day that you have made. And Lord, we do ask that you would help us to be very careful in the ways that we um, that we go about what we do. Lord, help us to differentiate differentiate clearly between what is your way and what is our way. How we so so much want to twist everything to make our way seem like the right way. God, help us to see clearly. Shine your light upon us. God, that we would follow that we would follow Jesus well. God, help us to share your grace, to share the good news of Jesus with all who need to hear it and in a way that they can hear it. For the good news that it is, this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.